Welcome to Boardwalk Sports Talk, the podcast by the Jersey sports fan for the Jersey sports fan. Because in New Jersey, we know you don't like us. And guess what? We don't like you either. Boardwalk Sports Talk. Welcome. We're on the fleeting days of August, entering September, and we have a very special guest by way of Columbus, Ohio, but with great knowledge of the Temple football program, Mr. Chris Licamelli from The Nest Podcast. Mr. Licamelli, welcome to the program. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself. We know that you've done this podcast, The Nest, uh, over the course of several years. You're really well-versed with the Temple program. Uh, just give us a flavor for kind of your vantage point coming into this, this whole thing. Yeah, sure thing. I, uh, so I graduated Temple in 2016. Uh, I was there 2012, 2016, which was, I think, the, one of the, the most, the back end was the most winningest years in program history. Uh, first couple years, first year was rough, um, 2012 season. Uh, when we had first year Matt Rule, um, but yeah, uh, my my biggest memory is that that 2015 season. I remember waking up at 3 a.m. to make it down for college game day. It was front row. Signs made it all over ESPN. Still have the signs in my basement. And uh, and then the Penn State game was the first game that year. Beat Penn State first time in 70 plus years. That was awesome. That those were was two- amazing. Oh my God. Those were two sell out at the link, like sell out games. I've been to Rutgers games and Rutgers doesn't touch the third bowl, maybe five or seven people in the third bowl at the link. But this thing, man, I couldn't get close to the lower bowl in both those. The, the Penn State game, I was in the student section, but then the Notre Dame game was like I was in the nosebleeds with students. Like it was packed. And those were electric atmospheres, electric atmospheres. And I thought we were going, we should have won that Notre Dame game. Um, but you know, that was, that was a, that was a, I was a, a solid team with Tyler Medikevich, um, Robbie Anderson, those guys. I mean, it, it was a stacked team back then. Which game was that you mentioned game day, which game was the game day game? That was a uh, Halloween, October 31st, 2015, Notre Dame temple. Notre Dame was, uh, they were top 10 temple was ranked for the first time ever. So it was a top 25 matchup. And, um, I think it was Deshaun Kaiser was quarterback at the time. We had PJ Walker, Robbie Anderson, uh, Tyler Medikevich was there. Deion Dawkins was up and coming. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that team was uh, Matt Ioannidis. He's on the Redskins. I think it was just loaded with NFL guys. And it came down. It was a, it was a one-possession game at the end. It came down, and uh, we thought we were getting the ball back with, like, 20 seconds left, like, midfield. And uh, they went for our fourth and, like, you know, 12 or something. And Kaiser just ran it, ran, ran out the clock, just ran in the backfield in circles and then threw it away with like four seconds. And then the game was over. You mentioned Penn state, uh, in, you know, we like to find common, we'll, we'll find some common ground early in this podcast. We hate Penn state a lot. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure. I'm sure temple, not big fans of Penn state either. So no, no that's our biggest rival. It's one of those, like they're our biggest rival, but they don't, they don't bat an eye at us. Right. Say that's exactly what they do to us. And, and yeah. it's awesome. You guys beat them. We haven't beat them since 88. Now, granted, we haven't been in the big 10 that long. So we weren't playing them for a lot of those years. Yeah. We haven't beat them since we joined the big 10. As soon as we start beating them though, like we, we Carl and I have talked about this. Like we really think that it's going to, 
escalate qu- quickly the rivalry because we hate like we hate them with like a venom. Like, oh yeah, I a- I went to the Penn State Temple game after you know Penn State lost the Temple the year after. So Temple Penn State for years and years they would alternate. They would host one. They would then we would host. They would host. We would host. And we'd alternate. They've done that for years with like a couple couple years off in between. But I think this is the longest streak that Temple has gone without playing Penn State in like, you know, 40 plus years. It's been a long time. So I haven't played them since that game uh, at, at Happy Valley in 2016, which I was at that game. And that was a close game, but it was a whiteout and it was, you know, it was packed. Um, anytime there's that, you know, that, that Pennsylvania and state rivalry, those games are, are you know, packing out. I'm really jealous you had that iconic moment against Penn State because Temple had that moment. Maryland had that moment. And oh, yeah. And, and I'll remember that awesome. forever because that was – that we're talking about, like, this was game one of the season. So this was when Christian Hackenberg was the number one quarterback in the country. Yeah. Potentially, he was supposed to be a top five pick. And literally, Tyler Medikevich, I think, sacked him maybe multiple times, at least two, if not more than that. And there's like iconic photos of Tyler Medikevich sacking Christian Hackenberg. And that was it. Christian Hackenberg was never the same quarterback after that game. If you look at the stats the rest of the season, he was never the same. The year before he had that, you know, that rise and he was supposed to be, you know, top five quarterback, top five player in the draft. And after that Temple game, he was never the same. And he's been, you know, back up for the Jets forever. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have had some special talent. I think, you know, without getting too in depth on it, you guys and your staff specifically has done a fantastic job of identifying like deep sleeper talent. And actually, interesting kind of connection here. I grew up with Steve Maneri, who was a tight end at Temple. Okay. Uh, 2006 to 2010, played uh, offensive line for the Texans. Uh, so he got he got drafted. But he's just yeah. an example of the kind of guy that Temple found. He, he played he played high school football for one year. He was actually a basketball player, 6'6", big frame, 260, moved well, strong guy. And Temple was the only the – only Who was his head coach at Temple? Once We're talking – Al Golden was the coach. So Al Golden yeah, – that, that was Golden's Al last Golden. year. Then I think Adazio came in right after your, your yeah. buddy left. Yeah. I mean, Golden was the one that built the program back up because it was supposed to be getting cut. They got kicked out of the Big East. Golden brought it back, and uh, and then they got allowed back in the Big East, which then wasn't – it was the Big East for like a year of football, and that was it. Um, we were in the same conference with you guys for like a year or two. Um, but I think the biggest is, like you know, it was Golden, then Adazio, and then when Matt Rule took over, Matt Rule took it, you know, to the next each, – each, each guy took it to the next level. Matt Rule took it to the next level. His biggest guy he'd gotten probably was – uh, Hassan Reddick, he was one of the biggest guys out of that, you know, 2015 year. Um, he started, he started as a, he couldn't get uh, recruited anywhere at a, at a high school. And he walked on at Temple and then earned a scholarship in year two or three, and then was a starter year four, and then was the seventh overall pick in the NFL draft by the Cardinals. And he playing, playing linebacker still. He guys, the highest drafted pick at Temple history. Uh, but he, he, he couldn't, nobody wanted him. He, he couldn't have paid to get onto a team. Like that's how much nobody wanted him. So, but yeah, and that's all Matt rule. Matt rule is the guy. And that's the biggest thing since Matt rule. We had Jeff Collins for a couple of years. He was all right. A lot of the, like the true temple football fans 
will trash Jeff Collins. They hated the money down signs. They thought he was too gimmicky. Like, you know, the, the temp, the, the, the true like diehard temple guys who've been there for like 50 years, who've seen and been through it all. They, they did not like Jeff. They thought it was too gimmicky, but that's Philadelphia fans and stuff. Like they'll, they'll, they'll sell, they'll sell out on the, like, I'm not, I'm from New York originally. So they'll sell out on their guys, Philly fans. In it's a, a it's a North, it's a Northeast thing. It's not, just, I mean, it's I don't not know. I'm, I'm a Long Island, New York guy. Yeah. It's not as bad as Philly. Philly, yeah, no, like, Philly, Philly, I, I agree. Philly's a different them. breed, you know? Yeah, they'll, they'll turn on you quick. That's, that's oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about this year's team, um, your expectations. So last year, not a great year. Uh, Rod Carey, as you said, third year, one and six. I think it was uh, probably AAC only schedule, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. This, this is his third year. Last year was year two. Right. So I guess, you know, what are your expectations going into this year? Uh, you know, record-wise, what do you – looking at um you know what just what take us through what what your thoughts are for the team this year yeah um so last year is rough year one was eight and five but none of those guys were his guys um i mean that's you're talking to leftover matt rule guy guys and and then you know jeff collins guys that are in and um rod was rod was forced to keep two coaches that manny diaz had hired and they're, they were the two best coaches that you could have asked for. One is uh, Gabe Infante, who's the number one high school coach in the nation. Um, now he's a recruiting coordinator. And the other one was um, he's now your um, your assistant, one of your – your Oh, Fran Brown. Fran Brown, yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he's an unbelievable recruiter. I know. Uh, he's, he's, he's the greatest. He's, awesome. he's one of the yeah. best recruiters. He's the best recruiter in the Northeast. Yeah. Um, but Inside Scoop says he's not – my, a friend who was a temp, who was on Temple football played for Fran Brown says Fran Brown is not head coach material from an inside source. So many Temple fans think Fran Brown is the coach, the head coach in waiting. Some their rumors are Todd Bowles is the head coach in waiting. I don't. The long story that where I'm getting around is I don't think Rod Carey's a long term guy. I I don't I don't think he is, and especially from last year, and he has no ties to the Northeast. All right nothing for for recruiting purposes he's but he's got this weird like temple funnel of like michigan guys now which kind of makes sense because he's from you know he's from that midwest area we um, just we just went through that uh similar thing with chris ash he was uh ohio state and had really no ties to new jersey and it was Alicia had a big 10 it was a it was a right? disaster a big 10 tie a little bit right 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 he had a yeah, math, I mean, well, he had listen, coach we were, we were the laughing stock like, oh yeah yeah for sure Right. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And we, we, I mean, he was a Mac coach for, you know, for years and we were in the Mac for a little bit and we got kicked out of the big East, but right. I, there's, there's no connection from Illinois and the, his Michigan funnel, which that's what, that's the biggest thing is we have no idea. I tell my, tell my buddy who's, who played, played for Rod Carey. Um, he, I said this year could go, you know, we can have a nine win season or, it's a two win season. And I don't see much of an in-between. He's, he thinks, he thinks we're at like uh, at best five wins, but it's likely a one to two win season. And, and, and we saw this at the end of last season where all of our top talent, um, we saw our number one quarterback leave started Michigan. He's not starting. He's quarterback in Michigan state. Now Um, we see all of our top talent, our running backs walk out. 
our, you know, our top defensive players have walked out and transferred. Everyone has got one of your defensive linemen. Yes. Every single top player has walked out. And as it kept, you know, snowballing, I'm like, there's clearly there's something wrong at the locker room. And when I've, the, when situations would happen, you know, when there was some type of turmoil or somebody would do something, you know, that needed some disciplinary action, I've been told the guys would turn to the older guys would turn to younger guys and say, this would never happen under Matt rule. Like this just would simply never happen. People guys would be like, well, what would happen? What would happen? They were like, this wouldn't happen. Under Matt rule. What would happen? Like a few years back, never occurred. Yeah. It just simply no respect. Cause the one, I get it. I coached collegiate athletics for three years in division one level. If it's not your guy, they're not going to respect you as much. So the only thing we have going for us is they're transfer portal guys. So hopefully they're, they view Rod as Rod is their guy. now. That's the, if that can be, that's gotta be step one. And if they buy into whatever Rod's selling, we have a chance for more than three wins. If not, if- you know, we're looking at one, two wins. If if he if they do buy it, so do you look at Rutgers as one of those winnable games, or is that one where you're just chalking that up like that's that? Honestly, I mean, historically over the last five plus years, seven years now, I always think Rutgers is always a winnable game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the biggest thing is is going to be how. Where's my notes? Give me one sec. Where are we at? Is is how Dewan Mathis plays. Five-star quarterback from Georgia. He, once Rod Carey got Dewan Mathis, I, you know, like a normal Philly fan would be, I'm sold. I'm sold. We lost our top quarterback. We lost the top winning line. We've got a four-star running back. We had a five-star running back. We got four, four, two four-star wide receivers. I'm sold. We got all the weapons we need. If these guys get, get with Rod's program, we're set. If they I mesh, think we can yeah. we can win in the top of the AAC, you know, top three in the AAC, which is where we were in year one with Rod, with none of his guys. And now hopefully year three, installing his his program, installing his playbook. Hopefully, you know, it can be a little more complicated. But again, with Dewan Mathis only there since January, I don't know how in depth it can get. When Anthony was there. Uh, Anthony left from, you know, Temple and went to Michigan State. Anthony says, you know, Rod Carey's running like a high school type of playbook. He goes to Michigan State and he's like, it's German. You know, he is on another planet. Yeah, so he's on planet in Michigan State. The Rutgers connection there is Russo was committed to Rutgers. Yes. And he committed after uh, some coaching turmoil happened on our side. So, and I thought he had a nice career with you guys. I, I was excited about Russo. He was, a, I, and I was, I'm a big elite 11 guy. Whenever elite 11 drops, yeah, I've watched yeah. everyone. Like yeah. I, I was, he's, a, I mean, he's got the talent to go to the next level. I just don't know if he's he going to do that at Michigan state right now. He's, he hasn't locked in the job. Talk to us about Dewan Mathis. This is an interesting, an intriguing player right here. Five star from Georgia. Does he have wheels? Does he dual threat? Um, and I asked that because Rutgers has historically had a horrific time managing a dual threat quarterback. Illinois last year, he wasn't even dual threat. He could just run and we couldn't catch him. It was awful. Yeah, he he's I think he's only played um, 
a half of football, maybe one half of a game. So he doesn't have much. Yeah. He began the year last year as a starter. He went 12 for 30, 89 yards, a touchdown and three picks. And after that, he never saw the field again. Um, so I, from, I think his high school, um, his high school, you know, scouting report, I think they listed him as a dual threat. And then um, I, I, that's that. I just, I just don't know if, if he's dual threat, I think we got a lot better, a lot better chance if he can just you know, scramble and get out of the way. Cause he's not going to know the playbook, like the back of his hand, even though, you know, since January, no matter how much this guy's, how, how much Mathis has studied this, he's just, he's going to have to, you know, rely on his wheels to, you know, to make that live back there. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. having, working through progressions like Peyton Manning. Just looking at him here, you know, on some images, he looks like tall, tall and skinny is what he looks like. He looks what like I'm, ready, what ready I'm ready hoping. Yeah. What I'm hoping for is, is like a uh, Justin Fields situation. Happened to Georgia already. Justin Fields start was at Georgia defend, like competing for the job left. Now he's at Ohio state. I'm hoping it's a situation like that because if it is, if history repeats itself, we take down Cincinnati and Temple's in the national championship. But I didn't say that. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that he becomes Justin Fields after uh, September second. After September. Um, but okay, so we got an offensive player to look out for. Do you have anyone on, on defense that we should be looking out for? And then I'll give you a couple Rutgers names. Give me, give me a sec, my my. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Well, while you're while you're uh, looking up it. some stuff, have you? Are there any uh, Rutgers players that you that you know of that, uh, or do you want me to give you some to to keep an eye out for? Yeah, let's hear. It. Let's hear. It. Okay, so um, do you have any our, good transfer portal guys that you got? We That's do. What I like to hear. We got a really good kick return. Well, we already had a really good kick returner, uh, Crookshank. Uh, he returned a couple uh, last year for touchdowns in, in actually really crucial times. And then we also got a Kansas State transfer, Joshua Youngblood, I believe his name is. I think he also returns, but I'm not sure if he's going to uh, do it over uh, the current guy. Uh, both are receivers. Both are very good. And then we also have our running back, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, really, really solid guy. Potential NFL talent. Um, Bo Melton, our wide receiver. You know, same thing. Potential. You NFL got one talent. of our offensive tackles. Okay. David, uh, I can never pronounce his last name. David Nawagoguagul. Right. That's yeah. the one. I was <laughs> hoping you were going to be able to help us with that one. Yeah. He, no. Nope. That, yeah, he's a big boy. That's all I remember. Yeah. Um, where else? Trying to find my. A couple of years ago, we got a D lineman as well from Temple, which was a, a nice signing. I think, I think probably what it'll come down to in this game is if you can out scheme us. And you can get guys like Dewan Mathis on the outside using their breakthrough talent, then you have a chance. I think that if you play into our strategy and our game plan, that it's going to be very difficult because we basically want to just jam- we're going to want to just run the ball down your throats probably most of the game. And uh, our quarterback Noah Vedral. He's a transfer QB, not this year, but last year out of Nebraska. And he's really kind of taken over the role. He's really, you know, assumed the leadership position on the team. He's a, he's a team captain, 
doesn't make a lot of mistakes, does make some mistakes, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, though. Everyone looks up to him. Uh, he had a pretty gruesome, uh, gruesome injury last year where he was on the bottom of a pile and Maryland, a Maryland D-tackle like twisted his ankle real bad and he was just mm. more class throughout that whole situation. So he kind of built his cred even more during that. But yeah, well, he's, he's going to run effectively like, we, we kind of run like a read option in our, our um, and, and we spread it out pretty good. So we try to get our, our skill guys along the outside and then we jam up the middle with our running backs. And our, our offensive coordinator is a guy named Sean Gleason, who is the oh, head, boy, coach, he's fun. He's head fun. coach of Princeton. He's like a mad scientist. He literally, you could, he's like the, I call him like the MacGyver of college football. You can, mm. you can give him like, you give him like five high schoolers and like two NFLers and maybe, you know, sprinkle in a collegiate guy and he'll figure out how to run a, a serviceable offense with that. Like, it's unbelievable. The guy, he was literally working with like duct tape and crazy glue and, you know, cardboard last year. It was unbelievable. Smoking mirrors. How's how's your how's your offensive line? You think not good. Either guys that are returning or guys that come up or transfer guys. See, that's that's a great question. Not good is the answer. Um, All right, because these are the names I'm going to have you guys look out for. Now we're talking, you know, Temple apparently up there with you know the biggest transfer portal moves in all of you know FBS. Temple's up there with the biggest um, acquisitions. And I remember these two guys, it's a pair. They got to be best buds because they both transferred from UNC, D lineman. And uh, one of them is Lansing Ture, big boy, 6'6", uh, That's, that's Kamoko Ture's brother. And, and then his buddy, Zach Gill, Zach with an X, not a Z. He's 6'5", 290. Both of them transferred in and they're playing D line. And then we got this guy, Jerquavian Mahone from Kentucky. He's 6'3", 300 pounds. Wow. We got three, you know, three, you know, uh, power five guys, SEC, ACC, um, big, big boys. And hoping, you know, that beefs up that D-line that, that, can, that can penetrate that uh, – the, uh, the run game against you guys. So if you can get interior pressure there, you know, there's, you could definitely disrupt what we're going to try to do. There's no doubt. Yes. Like Penn state, Penn state really has the playbook on disrupting what we want to do. Like last year going into that game, we had high hopes for it. And their, their D linemen look like, like Viking warriors compared to RP, our guys. I mean, they, they just, they just sliced and diced us from the start. It, it was it was ugly. Like they yeah, we we we, we, we lost. Yeah, we lost some. Like the biggest like losses are, are you know we lost pretty much our you know starting top starting defensive linemen. We lost top linebackers and we lost our top cornerbacks. We literally lost every layer of our defense. Um, the big the big thing was uh, like I mean Graham Mobley was our top linebacker. We lost him to Boston College and. But we did get to bring in um, two pretty good. We got an edge rusher from Washington State, Will Rogers the third, and then this uh, couple cornerbacks. But the one thing I didn't see was any. We didn't bring in any linebackers, really, except for an, an edge rusher. But I, he could probably do like what Hassan Reddick used to play. You know, he was an uh, outside rusher. I need to play linebacker, but 
there's no like true linebacker that was brought in for, from the transfer portal. So I'm hoping some guys can step up in that. Um, they did bring in, I think a, a cornerback from Florida, the Gators. Um, if I'm not mistaken, my computer is slow. It's almost like you guys, like I, I read this Texas state, they didn't have a recruiting class this year. They just brought in transfer players. It sounds like that's kind of what temple did too. You guys. Oh, just- it was a running back from Florida. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, they did. They did. They do have some good, some good guys coming in. Of like you know, some rook, some uh, some high school kids. But you could tell Rod Carey. Rod Carey went to Power Five transfer portal and brought in like you know, three stars, four stars, five star guys from high school, right? Like uh, we got a running back from Florida, Iverson Clement, who was a four star to high school, and we got a, a wide receiver from Purdue. Ahmad Anderson, um, that, those are like going to be those, if those names can show up, um, and show out, I, I the weapons are going to be, are going to be what would be a game changer. I don't know about the linebackers. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, you know, a little hesitant on is I don't see any, you know, we didn't get any linebacker replacements at all. Gotcha. So the Rutgers, I mean, I think uh, it's fair to say we have, a lot of Big Ten caliber skill positions on offense, but our line is a potential weakness. Sounds like it could be an interesting matchup: the Temple D line versus the Rutgers. Yeah, line. the Temple D line versus that offensive line might be might be something to that to might end up being it. that might end up honestly being what decides the game. We'll see. Um, so we'll I just want to ask you: Are you are you making the trip? Uh, well, I guess you're I, am Ohio, right? I am not. I am not. Unfortunately, my goal is to hopefully make the trip for week two because they're playing at Akron. And then I'll make the trip hopefully in October to the Cincinnati game. Do Um, you, uh, do you think a decent amount of uh, temple temple typically makes that trip? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rutgers typically makes that trip too. Sometimes, you know, the last couple of times Rutgers been at the link, it's been, you know, Scarlet red, a seat on the other side of the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say like, you know, maybe under, I'd say under 25% of your stadium would probably be Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think cause your stadium's a bit, you know, it's, it's smaller than the, than the NFL stadium, which I, I like, I'm a fan of that. Um, but yeah, you don't know really what, what people are going to be doing because of, uh, of COVID and like how I, it could be you know massive sellout. For like, I don't know what show up because they haven't been to. Is there capacities? Are you no, guys no capacity limitation, but I've seen them. They're really being very aggressive giving out tickets, which to me is kind of a sign that we're nowhere near a sellout. They're not uh, doing the what about tickets? They were give they were giving out a oh, lot. Oh, they're giving out tickets. tickets. Like they were very aggressive. That's crazy that to me. Program. Yeah, that's that's crazy to me. On just any any like Division One football program that isn't like you know close over 80% capacity in their like first opener this year after a whole year of no football in the stands. Like that's what, that's what boggles my mind. Oh, I, did you, I, did I you see, I agree did you guys you. see the use, you guys see the UCLA game this weekend? It was empty. The UCLA versus Hawaii. There was nobody. Well, there. dude, it's all politics. The California. Was that at the Coliseum? Yeah. Yep. Hmm. That place California, is never filled anyways. California is a mess. You could put USC, UCLA, and it's still not filled as of the last like five years. Right. Yeah, that poor city. It deserves more. That city was designed for the Olympics. Yeah. That thing is not. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that, Chris.
That stadium deserves better than seeing some trash UCLA football from Chip Kelly. That is a sick stadium and a beautiful – Pasadena is amazing. Oh, my gosh. So beautiful, right? That's like a stadium that's just like – if that stadium only only housed the Rose Bowl for the rest of its life just once a year and the Rose Bowl parade, I'd be satisfied with that. I totally agree with you. You got, I honestly yeah. think, though, to your point, to your point about the capacity, I totally agree with you. In one respect, I'm going to be disgusted if we're not over 80 percent, and I'm not expecting it. But in another, in another respect, this has been such a mess of a year and a half, and the politics are so are such a mess too in New Jersey. It's not as bad as California, but the politics are so bad in Jersey. There's people that still not left their houses, Chris. Like seriously, yeah. there's people in New Jersey who are not leaving their homes. <laughs> Are, are like they, are, do you know if uh, they're requiring vaccination to get into the stadium? No, no, nothing. Any, it's, any out, it's outdoor. So, no, uh, masks are, I believe, required. There's a club seating area. Hmm. Um, so, there's masks required there because that's indoors, but the rest of the stadium is outdoors. So, I don't think they're really, they're really um, requiring masks. Oh, the weather is also probably going to play a factor in attendance. Oh, yeah. Well, I tried to look up the weather. I didn't, I didn't pull it up. What's, I'm, what's the weather? I'm hearing state? that. The remnants of the hurricane or tropical storm Ida. Ida, be, oh yes, that's what that's. I heard what, it was supposed to make mid Atlantic. It's so. But what I heard last that was that yesterday. Though. It should yeah, be yesterday passing early this morning. It should be passing through Wednesday into Thursday. We're hoping it'll be out out by kickoff, but it could it could be the, a messy the, game. The path I heard was mid Atlantic, so my brain's thinking like. Virginia, Maryland, and then it just departs back out to sea. Oh, we're we're definitely getting rain. It's just a matter of if it gets through before before the game. Ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So gotcha. I don't know who that favors. Um, we'll have to. I mean, it seems like Rutgers likes to run the ball, so it probably helps them. I would think. Um, gotcha. But it also will take you know a lot of fans probably out of the stands. We're a little. I could also see this Dewan Mathis running all over us in the rain. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I really could. Yeah, if he, has right, if he has the right cleats. I mean, I could see him being uncatchable basically, if, if he does have wheels. Yeah, I, I would have loved, and I'm, I'm curious how the, you know, I'm running back from Florida. If if he, like, I, I would love for him to be able to, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield. And I'm yeah. like, uh, his, his last name's Clement, and I have no, no, like, serious analysis, but my brain is, is like wanting to associate Iverson Clement with um help me fill this name i know you will be able to for college football clemson running back from like seven or eight years ago that then went to the bills cj spiller yeah that's what i'm hoping he's got a similar build to it i'm hoping he's like a you know a cj spiller catching out of the backfield kind of guy that's that's where my brain's going i have no professional analysis for that that's just maybe the Clement and Clemson is where the connections in my brain. But <laughs> if it comes out that he can catch out of the backfield and, and gives Mathis, you know, an out, if he's scrambling, hopefully. All right. Well, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Don't want to take too much of your time, but just wanted to obviously get the temple perspective. We appreciate you joining us. It should be. A well, pretty- we need a, Brian, we need a, uh, a prediction. Oh, okay. Okay. good call. Good call. What's your prediction? prediction? Prediction. I I do think we're gonna see a one score game. Okay. So Temple and covers for the betting poll because Rutgers is a fourteen point favorite, I believe. Right there now. There we go. I have a future on Temple right now. So to Temple. to win the AAC. Ooh, good for you. What's the? And they were they were last. 
Let me well, let's talk about odds? that in the future for one sec. They were picked last. Uh-huh. So my I think I bet I could pull up my bet slip, but I think I bet a hundred dollars and the payout's twenty thousand dollars. Wow, that would be awesome. So good, good luck. Good luck to you. I then I then also parlayed it. I parlayed that on a second bet with um the Temple to win the the AAC and the Yankees to win the World Series. And that's gonna happen. And the Rams and the Rams to win the Super Bowl. And I put like $80 on that. I don't know, $20 on that, I think. And it, it the payout's $1.2 million. So you might be okay. So we're, <laughs> All right. if we get if we get those three, the Yankees were the unlikely ones a month and a half ago, the least likely. Are you, are you, a, you're a Yankee fan? I guess. Oh, big Yankees fan. Big Me Yankees too. Fan. Okay. We, we, we do talk Yankees on this show too. So. Big Yankees. Yeah. They're about to, I think they're about to actually probably already playing. In 938 I think is when they start. It's 1018. So they're already playing. They're playing. Um, Chris, I just want to let you know that that is absolutely insane. And I love you for making it. <laughs> oh, this? <laughs> the bet. The bet. Is insane. The bet. And I, and I love oh, the bet. I think about my bet. I'm like, yeah, my bet's not made. <laughs> no, no, the oh, the bet. So I went to the Detroit uh, Yankee series on Memorial Day weekend. I went to all three games, made prop, made bets throughout the, and I, I won one bet of my like 20 bets all weekend. The Yanks, they lost every game. That was when they lost the walk-off on the Friday night, Memorial Day weekend. I was freaking livid because they were winning the whole game and last pitch, two strikes, bottom of the ninth, and they lost it. Um, but yeah, that bet. And then the other one I have is like, uh, uh, replace Temple with Ohio State to win national championship. Rams, Yankees, same thing, and that one's like two hundred thousand, something absurd. And they're like fifty dollars bets, I think I put on. But in Detroit, they have the Barstool Sportsbook app, which works. I think Jersey has it now too, right? Yep, yep, I use it. Yep. Sportsbook. Yep. So Do you? Uh, I'm right. glad I don't have it in Ohio. Every state touching me has it now. Uh, Indiana, Illinois has it. They don't touch us, but Indiana has it. Detroit, uh, Michigan has it and Pennsylvania has it. And I'm glad I don't have it here because I would <laughs> I'd be betting every weekend. It's very dangerous. All right. So you said it's going to be a one score game. Is Temple one score game? I think Temple, I think Temple wins uh, by six. Wow. All right. Two um, I, I respectfully well, disagree. I missed PAT. <laughs> okay. I, I, I love the conviction. Yeah. I don't love the, I don't love the outcome. But honestly, I looked at, our depth chart today because we released our depth chart today and i went into mm-hmm. this release thinking oh man like this is gonna be such a great season we're stacked on offense our defense is deep and i saw the depth chart and i just had this sinking feeling i was like oh good god like we could lose this game today was the first day where i really thought we could really lose the temple so even though your prognostication is not something i want to see happen i think you're fully capable would I predict you you to win? No, I think we will win. I think we'll win by 10. But we are fully capable of losing, Chris, 100%. Rutgers, as a Rutgers fan, we have shown, you know, basically. Oh, we're, 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 not above losing, we're not above losing to anybody. We yeah, lose we to lost. Yeah, yeah. Anybody. And yeah, 100%. Temple is certainly capable. Ter- certainly capable. So I think it's going to be a very interesting game. And I think, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be important for us to take a lead early. I don't think we, we don't want you to be sticking around. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yes. Got to get out early. Uh, I went into today before this podcast, I went into it thinking that we would handle Temple pretty easily. Obviously, like I said, we're 14 point favorites. I was thinking about betting Rutgers to cover that. Um, I, after talking to Chris, 
I'm a little bit more hesitant. I think that um, their D line is going to be a problem for us. It sounds like they, it sounds like they have more talent from the transfer portal than I thought they would. Oh yeah, uh, I, I still. Think I think that's that, going to be the game changer. Is if right. the talent is like the talent that they were you know, that it should be that that yeah that they had right. the potential coming out of high school. Right, right. Um, and how do you scout like, that? It's you a, scout we're, that? We're talking double digit win season. Right. You can't really scout that when you have a transfer portal team. Like, how it's do you so know hard. what they're going to yeah, do? Yeah, you just got to go on what their, you know, what their uh, potential was. Yeah. Uh, I think, I, I do think Rutgers is going to win. I think, I was thinking the numbers pop into my head are 24-17. So, mm-hmm. Rutgers by a touchdown. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Who's your Who's your out-of-conference schedule this season? You guys, Delaware, and Syracuse. Just three? Another fun fact, Chris. The last so. time we played Temple in 2013 – was my wedding day. Was that so, the last time? Yes. Really? And we uh we I thought watched, they played twice in my undergrad. They played 2012 and 2013 then? Did we play 2012? I don't think so. I don't think we played 2012. I think we played in 2013. And that was it. No, uh, we were in the AAC for a year together. So we had to have played the first year in the AAC. Was that that was in 2013? Was it 23rd? That was 2013. Was that the American first year? That was the American, yeah. That was a good mm. year. We played you guys, we played SMU, which actually mm. was a fun game. Mm. <laughs> but you guys had us in that one. That was with um, Louisville. Louisville in the in the was Louisville in that in our conference? Louisville was still there. Yeah, yeah, they were still there. Damn, imagine if that if that if their AC was able to hold Rutgers and Louisville, and then and and uh and now there's the rumors of Boise. State joining the AAC and and uh, yeah, there's what, there's what conference is Boise in now? They're in uh, Midwest, Mountain West. Sorry, they're still in the Mountain West, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. understand how they haven't gotten snagged snagged by anybody yet. They're a good. They're people. just in the middle of nowhere. It's such a weird geographically. Yeah. It's such an odd. Right now, our 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 out of conference schedule this year is Rutgers. You guys, you know, Akron, Boston College, and Wagner, Wagner FCS. That's the one that's going to get away. That's the one that always gets away from Temple. We lost to Villanova like two years ago. That was so embarrassing. So I'm looking at the, the just a little series history. Probably should have done this at the beginning of the show, but whatever. Um, okay. So here we go. So Rutgers uh, carries a four-game winning streak against Temple into the series. They played in 2012 and 2013. Rutgers won mm-hmm. both. 2012, they won 35-10 to 10 at the link. 2013, Rutgers won by three at uh, at home. Uh, 2004, 16-6 Rutgers. 2003, 30-14 Rutgers. Temple last won in 2001, 30-5. Uh, Jeez. Yeah, so it's been a while. Temple is also really bad. That must have been a bad Rutgers year. Oh, Rutgers was really bad. That was when she, I think that might have been Shiano's first year. Um, really? The first time around. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it should be. It should definitely be uh, interesting. Um, I think I think it could be a good game. It could be a uh, not so good game. I think if it's not a good game, it'll probably be Rutgers. Uh, you know, being significantly better than Temple, I, I would I'd be shocked if Temple blew Rutgers out. Um, I don't know if either of you guys disagree with that. I think if Temple wins, it'll be close. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It should be fun. Are you guys at the game? Yeah, we'll be there definitely. Nice, nice, awesome. I'll be watching. Yeah, there's the evening. All righty. Well, thank you for your time. Appreciate you coming on. Anything else 
uh, you'd like to say uh, to our guests, to, uh, to our listeners, or um, plug before you, you leave us? No, if there's any OWLs listeners, you can find the podcast at the Nest CFB, the Nest College Football Podcast, uh, on anywhere you can find your podcasts. And we're on a Twitter, but it's kind of active. It's active during football season. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Carl, anything else you want to add? Semi active. Nah, it's been a pleasure, Chris. It's been fun going down the, you know, I really, when I think of Temple, I think of Don Chaney, I think of Bill Cosby. I think oh. of. <laughs> Yeah, I, no, we've I replaced know. the Bill Cosby. Now you can think of Bob Saget. Bob Saget, he's a Temple. Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates are Temple. Are Temple guys? Oh yeah. Oh, Hall and Oates. Temple. Amazing. Bob Saget. Temple. Um, Kevin Nagandi, ESPN Sports Center. Temple. Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates should be your mascot. Those uh, two are incredible. Uh, Dreams come true. I mean, great yeah. song. Best yeah. song. Best tune. <laughs> Hey, oh. uh, J- hey, James Gandolfini, ever heard of him? <laughs> Rutgers guy, let's go. Todd Frazier, Carly Lloyd, we can do this all day. Come on. <laughs> Carly all Lloyd's right, well. an American treasure. <laughs> I love, I love In the how, armpit like, of America. There's, it's it's uh, great oh. how in Jersey, Philadelphia, our idols are simultaneously like we're almost being sarcastic about them. Like Gandolfini and all of those. It's like, yeah, we, we simultaneously idolize these it's guys. Ironic. We also think it's like goofy, you know? It's, my, all my family's from Jersey, too, so don't worry about it. North Jersey. Sparta is where my family's at, so. Lake Opacon. You guys hear of Lake Opacon? Oh, yeah. No, oh, well. We don't know. We know yeah. it well. Where my family's at. That's so. where Joe Martinick. Joe Martinick's from Lake Opacon. He's the um, all, all-time leading rusher in New Jersey State football history. And he went mm. to Rutgers. So, yeah. While we while we have you, actually, real quick, uh, I don't know how much you follow uh, the Mets. Have you uh, have you heard at all about the 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 thumbs down gate? The oh yeah, I saw a thumbs down gate from uh, Javi, and uh, was it is Javi correct? Yes, Javi Baez. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. I saw Lindor is what Lindor's got the worst average of any starting shortstop in the league almost. Say. He's up there. He's definitely up there. Or down yeah, there, however you want to look the at Mets, it. The Mets are officially in dumpster fire mode, as they uh, seem to be every year around good this Good thing. I mean, good thing they found their shortstop for when they tank, right? They can tank with Lindor for the next 10 years, and maybe he'll get that. Maybe they'll give him a Bobby Bonilla type of thing. Bobby Bonilla's a uh, uh, million dollars a year is about to expire in the next few years. Maybe they make Lindor the next Bobby Bonilla deal. Yeah, they, they got get rid of them, and they say, "Hey, we'll pay you like three million dollars for the next eighty years, and then Lindor gets to walk." Maybe they can we have buy this, an outfit. We have this surplus of cash. Uh, if you'd like, <laughs> we can back a dump truck in your driveway every year and just leave you a cool million dollars. Yeah, the Mets are. Oh my God, just uh, oh, it's just, they're the gift that keeps on giving. New owner, same old Mets. It's it's incredible. So yeah, are you a Yankee fan though? I am a Yankee fan. Yeah, okay. that's Carl, why it's Yankees fan. A Braves fan, actually. I grew up watching TBS, so I've just been a massive <laughs> Braves fan. Well, I shouldn't say that. I was a huge Braves fan as a kid, and I've kind of dropped off because now it's TBS. They don't they don't have it, so I don't get to really watch the team. Yeah, we have a... back back then it was amazing. Like you're a, a kid, '90s Braves fan, I can tell. Yeah, yes. as a kid, as a kid, you like put the TV on. It's Maddox one night, Glavin the next, Smoltz the next. And then you watch a great baseball game and bada bing, bada boom. You got some, everybody loves Raymond. 
you got some you got some you know just great programming that's a that's a solid night of programming with like superstation. everybody loves raymond the superstation yeah the air conditioner like the background summer nights man that's good stuff miss those days we have a we have a fraternity brother uh named Vinny uh that we have on the show uh he curses a lot and our listeners don't like it but it's uh he's very funny and uh he's a big Mets fan so I, I, we're trying to get in touch with him to get to get his takes on the Mets dumpster fire right now but he uh, unfortunately uh, wasn't available tonight but yeah good good to talk some uh some some local sports with you um and yeah thank you uh thanks for coming on yeah guys thanks for having me and uh go Owls and go Yanks and go Scarlet Knights the most improbable parlay in history is underway <laughs> Yanks got to go first. We need the Yanks first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on the Yankees. I'm definitely with you on the Yankees. All right. You got to head out, guys. You have a good one. All right. Thank Peace. you. Peace. Great guy. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, anything else you want to talk I about? Honestly, we can... Well, I mean, I said everything I wanted to say on the call with him. Honestly, there were times – I looked at the depth chart and I just had this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like we can lose this game. I don't want to lose the game. I don't think we'll lose the game, but I think we're fully capable of losing the game. And that could be a good thing. That feeling could be a good thing because hopefully the players know they're capable of losing it too. If they don't take it serious. The only thing I looked at on the depth chart where I was like, oh boy, was the offensive line. Everything else I was like, we are pretty solid for us. I think the offensive line, and I guess maybe the defensive line a little bit too, but um which, I mean, obviously, that's a huge part of the game, right? Like, offensive line, defensive line. Games are won and lost in the trenches, so. Um, we want to do a little yeah. season – maybe we'll do a little season preview now, just gut feeling. I mean, my feel is – my feel is we do win this game. I think it's it could be it could be hairy, but I'm hoping that it's not. I think we win, to, I think we win on Thursday. I think we start the season 3-0. I think we beat the, the, the Orange – the next week, and then the, the Blue Hens the week after. So I think we're definitely going 3-0. and Okay. And then I think the rest of the way, we basically split. That's, that's my that's my, um, my prediction. So I'm thinking 7-5, yeah. and five basically, for the season. I think we'll beat Michigan State. I think we'll beat Northwestern. I think. I'm not even sure if they're good or not. I think they were in the Big Ten Championship last year, but I think they lost a lot. I'm not sure. Uh, Northwestern at Northwestern. I mean, that's a winnable game. That's tough. Um, Illinois just looked pretty decent against Nebraska. Wisconsin's going to be tough. Indiana, Penn State, yeah. Maryland. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure which games are going to win and lose. I I have us at six and six. I think we win our out-of-conference games, and I think we'll find at least three wins in the Big Ten schedule. Not sure exactly where they're going to come from. Would love to see four. Um, you know, it's almost maybe. easier with the Big Ten schedule just saying what what teams can we not beat, right? And and for me, the answer is we can't beat Ohio State and right. we can't beat Penn State. Right, right now those, those teams two teams are going to beat us. Yeah, no matter Which what. It, it pains me to say that about Penn State, and I just but it's realistic, right? Like I it's, know, it's I know. In keeping with reality, as much as I hate that too. But I think everybody else we can beat, and it's just about like what team shows up, what how the bounces. How do the bounces break for us? That's what I think, you know, that comes down to the other games. Well, I think this, I think this season we beat Michigan flat out. I think we beat Michigan this year. In at Michigan? Yeah. That's the only thing is at Michigan. I feel, I, I just, I just want to see us. This is what I really want to see this year. I want to see us not play intimidated on the road in a big environment. 
like at Michigan. Well, we won, we do. We won, all three of our games were, were on the road last year, albeit with, with no Purdue. Fans. Who was it? Purdue. Purdue, Purdue Michigan State, and Maryland. Right. And the, those to me aren't big time like fo- like college football. I mean, maybe Michigan State, but again, there's no fans there. Like, I want to see like us win a true road game. Like, I would like if like, Michigan, if, you, if you're right about that, that would be great. Michigan, um, you know, would be a huge win at Ann Arbor. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just hope that we can, you know, figure out how to win in an environment like that. And then I think the sky's the limit. I think that's the next barrier that this team needs to break down is, is winning a big game with like uh, at Penn state or at Michigan at Ohio. We're home against Ohio state this year, but at Ohio state, I mean, obviously like the Penn state, Ohio state is a dream, but um, yeah, Michigan. I mean, that would be awesome. I, I hope you're right. That would be great. I agree. It all starts this, this Thursday at Temple. Be there. Be square. Absolutely. Um, real quick, did you see the Giants? Uh, the Giants and Jets preseason games at all? No. Oh, my God. The Jets had a Hail Mary at the end um, to tie the game. Basically, They were down by eight. They threw a Hail Mary, caught it. Uh, actually, they, they basically kind of both had a Hail Marys at the end. Uh, they were both down eight, and they both threw Hail Marys. Um, both caught it. The Jets got the two point to tie the game and the game and then tie and the Giants didn't. Uh, the Giants looked like hot garbage, absolute hot garbage. Uh, I said that they'd be 13 and four this year. Uh, I am very, very scared that prediction is going to look idiotic the way that their offensive line looks terrible. Jones is throwing picks in the end zones. Um, so yeah, uh, we're not going to talk too much about it because it's the preseason, but just wanted to note, uh, you know, that we've been watching the local teams a little bit and, uh, not looking great for, for Big Blue. We'll see. We'll the see NFC East is such a mess, man. They're, they're going to yeah. be just – it's going to be a mess. Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be out there. And yeah. you got, you know – yeah. I mean, you got you got a recovering quarterback in Dallas. You got the Philadelphia Eagles experiment with Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith and the rest of those cast of characters. You got the Giants, who God knows what they're going to be doing. And that's – if that, you know, experiment's going to work too. It's really – yeah really an interesting collection of individuals in the NFC East this year. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. It should be fun to watch. Um, so yeah, we will uh, probably do a recap. I'm assuming after the temple game, come, uh, come find us out in the lots. I know Carl's got a blue lot pass. I have a scarlet lot pass. I'm not sure where we're going to end up, but we'll be, uh, we'll be there hopefully in full voice. Hopefully the weather holds out. Maybe we'll have everyone's favorite, um, brother my brother Vinny on uh for post game too we'll see if everyone can handle his uh his potty mouth um he's yeah. never gonna get employed we've been told by the fans that Vinny will never get a job I I said rest assured Vinny will be employed somebody will hire Carl Carl will you will personally hire him as your as your secretary just to prove everyone wrong I, he'll, he'll, be my, he'll be my publicist <laughs> oh god good times all right well that's it for this episode we'll talk to you guys soon Peace, Jersey. Lovely accent, New Jersey.